Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode number four of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Back again, Max, Peter, and Jace. Your favorite form of Dynasty fantasy news, notes, rankings, whatever you want. We're back for another episode. The people have been demanding it from all the way from Europe, from what we've last seen, right, Jace? That's right. Yeah, we got a listener out in Sweden, one in Switzerland, one in Austria, and uh, two in Canada. So we're going international, boys. <laughs> we're reaching out. We're, we're Mr. Worldwide. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we got a good show ahead. We got our top 12 dynasty wide receivers coming up. We're going to have... What people say is the best segment on the show are reports from around the realm. Uh, we have another quote later, and it's going to be from myself. One of my favorite quotes of all time. So, Whoa. Mm-hmm. Is it the one on your screensaver? It is not. That's a poem. That's oh. a little bit different than a quote. I, I don't know Dr. Deeper. Seuss, so I don't really know. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess a, poem, a poem is a quote somehow. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Green eggs um, for sure. But really quick, before before we get into it, again, wanted to say thanks for all the all the love and support for episode three. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like we're getting better every time. So mm-hmm. at this rate, at this rate, look out. Anybody who does a fantasy football podcast anywhere, we're coming for you. That's right. Uh, but again, before we get started, I wanted to mention, uh, just do a little two-second blurb on your thoughts about college football being back, guys, and any potential prospects you're liking for next year. I watched a pretty good amount of college football this past weekend. I was house sitting, so I had some time to myself and I watched the Ohio state game on Thursday night and Ohio state really didn't impress me or anything. I mean, when you look at Ohio state's quarterbacks, they, it's always been like a big thing, like, Oh, who's Ohio state's quarterback going to be. And I feel like fields really could break that narrative, but they've never really had a good one. And the guy who started Thursday didn't really seem to provide that narrative. Like he didn't seem to follow in fields, footsteps, you could say. So I don't know. Clemson was very, underwhelming um alabama looks sharp but these guys i mean they got a couple years still in college so nothing too exciting yeah i don't have too much to add i honestly didn't really get a chance to like watch any significant football i'm uh i play a lot of fantasy baseball and uh i actually just got knocked out of the playoff hunt today so you know i was watching my demise over the past couple weeks and uh you know big sad but there's always next year and thank god there's fantasy football right around the corner it's that week man that's right I know, you know, by the time you listen to this, probably two days and we'll have a uh, Dak against Tom the That's quarterback right. battle for the ages a national right. holiday, September 9th, Peter national holiday. Yeah. Max, uh, dynasty monarch, Max's birthday. Oh, right. all right. I didn't Nine. even know that. Man. We, 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 we missed uh dynasty monarchy. Peter's birthday oh. it was uh, a couple weeks oh, ago. No. We missed it. Yeah. Oh, I, li- I well. like keeping it low key. No, not yeah, me, yeah. Peter. I shout my birthday to the world. I want follows for my birthday. That's all I want. <laughs> it's all about the clout. You just want Dak to play well and the Cowboys to win. I know you. <laughs> See, that's so. Let's just talk about it for a minute here. That's my issue. So I, I own Dak in, I think like four leagues or something like that. I'm we in own him. We, we own him in the Monarchy League. 
Yeah. So, I mean, we're giving them a sneak peek at our thought process here, but it's the first game in the NFL season. Obviously I want to watch Dak and just watch any players and just root for them, you know, but he's coming off an injury. They're missing Zach Martin. They're playing the Bucks defense. I mean, there's a lot of down arrows, you know, so I'm a little hesitant to play Dak. How about you guys? Uh, personally, I mean, I don't know. I just look at Dak as like the elite of the elite. So like I try not to get too cute when I have guys like that on my team. Like I just trust in their talent and their ability. And, you know, I just throw them out there. I wouldn't really, you know, I don't know what the streamers look like in anybody's league, but I wouldn't really be streaming anybody who's available on waivers over him. I, I just trust the talent way too much. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't have a problem if you sit them and I don't have a problem if you play them to be honest, because it's week one. It's not like this is a make or break for some guys' seasons. You know, if you're not comfortable with him being out there and you got a better option on your bench, a more safe option like Matt Ryan or somebody a little later that you're more confident in based on like the matchup, do that. But if you want to see Dak play and you want a little skin in the game for Thursday night, that's uh, right. You're from Ohio and can't bet and get your skin in the game that way. (laughs) uh, I would do that. Uh, But before we get into the news, I wanted to mention this guy. I've been watching a lot of the Notre Dame game today. Florida State mm. looks good, but this kid, look out for next year. Kyren Williams for Notre Dame, the running back. He has been just pooping, pooping on Florida State today. <laughs> I'm All right, just what's saying. his name? Kylo Ren? <laughs> Kyren. Ky- oh, Ky- no, I, I, could, I could be saying it wrong. I don't know. No, I'm, a, I'm just kidding. I'm not an orator. Peter, if, he, if he's pooping on Florida State, I mean, make sure Odell Beckham's nowhere to be found because Odell <laughs> loves poop, bro. So <laughs> stay, keep, keep Odell away from the field. I feel like that – we're not going to digress too far, but that was one of the best, like, Twitter sphere, like, eras mm-hmm. when everyone's like, mm-hmm. yo, Odell likes poop. Like, <laughs> Yo, that might have made it into reports from around the realm if we were – you know, up in podcasting around that time. Cause that was, you know, that's big news. That's a hit to the fantasy stock or the fantasy stock to say the least. That's true. I'm not going to mention names or anything, but there is uh, another podcast that I was listening to this past week and they had Odell Beckham as like basically a top 15 receiver in dynasty fantasy football. And I just think if you're listening to that podcast, it's just like, how do you continue doing that? If they're ranking Odell Beckham as a top 15 dynasty receiver personally. Well, yeah, at least that, I got a sense of humor. Yeah. yeah, to say the least. Yeah, no, that sounds like a bit of a homer pick, to be honest. Um, I don't know, man. He's old, and I don't know. I don't know if that Browns offense could really support a top 13 wide receiver by any means or top 15, whatever it is. All right. So we got enough digression out of the way, enough about mm-hmm. our lives, uh, mm-hmm. enough about college football and Dak and pooping. Poop. <laughs> Uh, but we're getting going to get into our reports from around the realm section here, favorite section, and it's very very sad day, guys. Cam Newton was cut by the Patriots. I know it's a little late, but we're going to talk about what do you guys think this really means for Mac Jones and his weapons? Yeah, I mean, I think it was all it was going to come to this eventually. I didn't think it would happen before the season. Um, I saw a report that. Mac Jones was actually teaching Cam Newton the playbook. So between that (laughs) and um, Cam Newton getting COVID, I don't think helped. And just ever since the arms or the shoulder surgery, Cam's just never looked the same. So as I said, I think it was inevitable. 
But I think for the Patriots offense as a whole and for fantasy, I really do think it helps because Cam just took so much away from the offense with his legs, whereas Mac Jones will give the ball to Damian Harris more. He'll be able to throw the tight ends more. Jacoby Myers should be like actually able to run a route more than five yards. So I think from a fantasy perspective, I really think it helps the Patriots offense. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you know, Cam, just kind of like you said, that shoulder injury really screwed him up towards the latter part of his career. Um, we saw him throwing most of his passes really close to the line of scrimmage. So that really upside or really caps the upside for a lot of his weapons in the offense, you know, Johnny Smith and Jacoby Myers and some of the guys that I'm high on, but yeah, I think this really elevates their stock, you know, um, having a high a dot is always a good indicator for wide receivers and receive, uh, receiving threats to have uh, fantasy success. So yeah, there's definitely going to be some rookie mistakes and it's going to be frustrating. I don't know how viable Mac himself is going to be in fantasy, but I think you definitely elevate the weapons and uh, Jacoby Myers, just specifically to talk about him, you know, he was a deep sleeper coming into this year with Cam as the quarterback, but now, you know, I'd have to imagine that his stock is definitely up and people are drafting him a little higher. So if you drafted prior to this news of him getting cut, you got to steal um, in Jacoby Myers. That's true. Two things. Uh, first and foremost, did you guys see the comparison between uh, Brady and uh, Mac Jones with their, their college bods? Yeah. Yeah. Those draft day pictures. Oh, those draft day pictures are. Yep. They're rough, man. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, no, it's not great. Same vibe for sure. But, you know, it's pretty hard to put anyone in any sort of footpath as Tom Brady. I mean, that dude is the hands down greatest of all time. So, like, people making those big comparisons, you know, let's let's slow our roll a little bit. You know, maybe they got the same dad bod, but we'll see what happens on the field. This is true. Uh, no, but I, I think I think Mac Jones, that's not everybody's always hyping up like Damian Harris. Oh my God. Like cam's gone. Damian Harris, like to the moon, whatever. Absolutely not. Give me Ramondre. Ramondre is going to get that goal line work. Like LeGarrette Blunt used to for them. And like all those really big goal line backs. If you're listening to a podcast and they're like super in on Damian Harris and like, he's going to like be like a top like 15 running back this year because of it. Don't listen to that podcast anymore. It's going to be Ramondre on those goal line touches. Yeah, no, I think the Patriots have loved using two or three backs for a long time now. So I struggle to find a whole lot of fantasy value unless you're in a deep standard scoring league. I mean, Harris doesn't catch the ball. They don't like to throw to their uh, – I mean, Plus, they like to throw their backs, but they like to throw to James White. So Yeah, James White's still there. Like, I yeah. feel like nobody feels like he's there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think he definitely gets a big boost because Cam was never known to check it down because he's got his legs. He can just run it. But, you know, we <laughs> you see the draft day picture of Mac Jones, and you, if you watch him play, he is not very, you know, nimble on his toes. So, he's you know, he's got the upside to be checking it down to uh, Mr. James White quite a bit. He's got the ant body. He's got that, like, <laughs> your, your ant, your ant uh, figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one more thing before we move off. Every young quarterback – tends to find their like security blanket, like their little uh, like nightlight, their little, you know, blankie. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. my little blankie. Who do you guys think Mac Jones's will be? Because obviously in half point and full point PPR, that's going to be huge for that player. If you can find that blanket early. Yeah. I mean, if I had to guess, I really think Jacoby Myers, what he was able to do last year with Cam Newton and whoever they were playing at quarterback during that time, Jacoby Myers had a pretty solid fantasy year and his value in redraft leagues and in dynasty leagues, it's dirt cheap. And you can, he's a wide receiver three every week with high upside. I feel like if he can find the end zone. So 
I'd have to go with Jacoby Myers. Jace, I'm going to guess you're going to go with a different person. though. I'm actually not because uh, I think the person he was referring to is Johnny Smith. And yeah, the reason I was so high on him, um, I mean, I'm still kind of high on him just because I think Mac Jones is a, a boost for him, but I don't think he can be the number one target any longer. My reasoning was that Cam just, he's more successful, you know, short routes. I believe it was like close to eight yards and Johnny, or no, no, no. I take that back. It was closer to like five yards was down the field is where he's the most successful in completing passes. And John who's a dot is like around exactly around the same realm, like five points, something like that. So I thought that connection was going to lead to John who possibly being the one in this offense. But now I, I believe in the savvy route runner, Jacoby Myers. I think he's going to be a great PPR asset for sure. All right. Moving on to our, uh, our second little piece of information we got, uh, an old fantasy elite wide receiver. He's kind of fallen off over the last couple of years. It's sad. Uh, T.Y. Hilton's going to miss the first three games because of neck surgery. I, I've never seen a quicker recovery from a neck injury in my entire life. <laughs> For real. <laughs> Seriously, I got the alert from Adam Schefter or whoever on Twitter, and he was like, oh, Johnu Smith uh, – not Johnu, uh, sorry, T.Y. Hilton uh, coming off the field. Looks like a neck problem. I was like, oh, he's done for the year. Mm -hmm. he's done for his career the dude's like 33 and just aging and when i saw three games i was like holy cow this guy's got a neck made of like gold like that's crazy (laughs) gold is the softest metal max it oh well maybe i but it's still a metal right you know it seems that's true that's true yep yep. (laughs) uh so with ty missing time we know there's mo alley cox that nobody really even thinks about there's jonathan taylor mr nom nom hines himself that's right but like who is going to get these targets? Uh, are we in on Pittman or are we in on Paris Campbell? I'm personally, I've never been a Michael Pittman fan. Um, I know that in redraft league, I think he went like the seventh round or something for us, which is like mm. just way too early for me. The guy's not proven. Um, I like um, Paris Campbell personally. I think if he can stay healthy and if Wentz can stay healthy in that whole offense, whenever Wentz goes, he brings a bad injury bug. But this is my, true. I, I would go with Paris Campbell. I think he has the speed and the ability to become a breakout receiver for the year. Yeah, I'm kind of torn between the two, and I feel like, I don't know, Carson Wentz just kind of really kills the value for me. I don't know how much he's going to support one of these like high assets in fantasy, so I'm kind of stuck in between the two. I do like that Pittman is coming into a year two, and you know, you see a lot of these breakouts happening in year two nowadays. And I worry a little bit about Paris Campbell's injury history and, you know, what his talent actually is. But I don't know. I was watching some clips of Michael Pittman today, and um, I think he's a really good separator. So um, if anything, I'm kind of viewing this as like a poor man's um, Chargers offense in a way. I just believe Pittman's kind of got a Keenan Allen, um, just kind of shimmy at the line, get open. Um, you know, he's a tall, slender guy. I think he's going to be a good possessional receiver. And I think Paris Campbell is kind of like your Mike Williams, deep ball, deep athlete, good contested catch guy. So I kind of just see I'm viewing them as a poor man's L.A. Charger. Yeah. L.A. Chargers uh, offense at this at this moment. Not SD anymore. L.A. Big sad. I wish they were still in San Diego. Uh, I don't know. I, I look at this offense and I just get grossed out. Mm-hmm. I really do. Like that offensive line is really good. So I think mm. there will be some fantasy value somewhere. Mm. I was very big on Michael Pittman coming out of the draft, early second round pick, uh, very high investment, but I just can't wrap my head around either of these guys providing a lot of fantasy value. And, uh, 
you know, if, if somebody made me choose and forced me to choose, I would just say Pittman because of the draft stock. Uh, yeah. I feel like Paris Campbell, Paris Campbell get, he'll be fine out there and he'll obviously be the number two quote unquote from everything that we've seen at a camp. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if Pittman can't be a one against these number one DBs, maybe it will be uh Paris Campbell out there right. making the actual moves, but I don't know. I'm just going to bet with the number one on that offense and see if he can become the security blanket. And who knows, maybe it will be Mo Alley Cox. Mm-hmm, for sure. The only <laughs> thing I like from the Colts is that they play the Houston Texans twice, the Jaguars twice, and the Titans twice. Like their division's so easy that they should be able to produce fantasy relevant players. But I just don't think with like the talent that they have and with the injury bugs and everything, I just I try to stay away from that offense as much as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got to see if Carson Wentz can bounce back, or for me at least, I, I got to see if he can bounce back first before I can trust any of these guys. I mean, we see it all the time good studly wide receivers all over the league. But if you don't have a good quarterback, I mean, they're really not going to produce uh, in a fantasy aspect. Yeah. Uh, that's the JJ Ortega white side effect. No doubt. <laughs> uh, that was reports from around the realm. And before we get into our top 12 dynasty wide receivers, which everybody's begging to hear from uh, follow us on Twitter at Dynasty Monarchy, D-Y-N-A-S-T-Y-M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y. That's your spelling lesson for the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then give us a follow on Apple Pod. Give us a follow on Spotify. Give us a like. Give us a rating. Whatever you got to do on whatever platform. It always helps us out and makes us feel really good about the work that we're doing here. Uh, it's not easy to make a, a podcast, but when we see the feedback from you guys, it, it really puts a smile on our face and helps us push forward. Uh, get some content out for you in a timely manner once a week. Uh, but without any further ado, I'm going to hand off the first overall wide receiver to Max because this wide receiver is very special to him. This wide receiver is very special to me, really based on his celebration, you could say. And this guy's name is Tyreek Hill. Um, whenever I leave a room or whenever I hang up a phone call, I always say Tyreek Hill and I give the peace sign. Cheetah, um, cheetah. Cheetah, <laughs> cheetah. I mean, He's our number one receiver. We all have him at number one. And I think the main reason that we have him at number one is one, the speed, but two, that he's tied to Patrick Mahomes for his whole career, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you're tied to Patrick Mahomes, it's pretty easy to be the number one wide receiver on our board. Um, a lot of people might ask us why we don't have Devontae Adams and just because of the uncertainty there in Green Bay and everything. And we'll touch on him later, but Tyree Kill, his speed and his skill set is unmatched. And he's in an offense that is so high powered and can score at literally any play. Like you watch a lot of fantasy football and like we all do and everything. And there's not like, like, I don't know. And then the Detroit lions have the ball. I'm not scared that Tyrell Williams is going to take it to the house every time. You know, (laughs) but like, I'm on raw. Yeah. I'm in juicy. Juicy. Juicy, Yeah. (laughs) But when the chiefs have the football, I really think at any given play, can Tyreek Hill break a long one off and just become a fantasy monster? And for so many years, he was so known as like boomer bust and like big play only, but he really broke that narrative last year when he would have like six catches for 80 yards and a touchdown almost every week. And in full point PPR, that's like 20 points every week. And that's like Mm -hmm. his floor, I feel like. Whereas his ceiling is like 55 points versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year. And when mm-hmm. they had to call on a national guard to stop him, I mean, the, <laughs> the dude's a machine. He's an animal. He's a cheetah. And that's why he's my number one receiver. Yeah. I got nothing more to add really. I mean, a lot of people will 
raise an argument that he doesn't see a whole lot of volume necessarily. I don't know if that's necessarily the case because, you know, later in last season, here's a couple of his target totals in a row, 18 targets, 14 targets, 15 targets, 11 targets, seven, and then 10. So I don't know some weeks he only, you know, he only gets six targets, but the thing is he only needs one to make, to make it worth it for your fantasy team. He, like Max said, he truly is always one play away from scoring. Um, and winning you a week in fantasy. So, yeah, 27 years old, pe- tied to Patrick Mahomes in the most po- uh, potent offense in the league. So, you know, he's the number one. Yeah, uh, I'm 100% with you guys. Uh, my only qualm with him over the years, and I think it's everybody's is, oh, you know, quote, unquote, he's not consistent enough, you know, whatever. Like, he'll put up 40, but then he'll put up a dud of like six in the next week. That's any wide receiver. Like Devontae had mm-hmm. his games last year when he went off for 35, and it felt like every single week he was going off for like 25, 30, 30. But he had his games where he put up eight, and all that matters is that one game where he doesn't. So mm-hmm. that was the big knock on Tyreek Hill, right? Mm-hmm. But when you look over the last season, he was a extremely, extremely consistent wide receiver. I'm mm-hmm. just going to pull up his game log really quick and just go over it for two seconds. He was – and this is half-point PPR – He was 15, 21, 21, 16, 18, 5. There's his dud. 17, 25, 33, 27, 57, 14, 26, 17, and then 10 against Atlanta Mm -hmm. in the championship, right? Mm -hmm. Every single one of those games, if I could slot him in at my wide receiver every single week, I would. Even if Mm -hmm. I had like Devontae and that upside, just knowing that I'm going to have this guy tied to Patrick Mahomes for how old is he again? He is 27. 27. He's Mm -hmm. 27 stepping into his prime or even at his prime. He's just Mm -hmm. such an incredible receiver and he fixed the consistency issue last year. Uh, Mm -hmm. And I I think he's just got the sky's the limit this year for him in that new revamp chiefs, chiefs offensive line with him. Uh, Moving into our consensus number two, you know, Max foreshadowed that we would be talking about this guy sooner or later. And I guess it's sooner rather than later. Uh, we got Devontae Adams here. Yeah, I, I'll kick us off again. I love me some Devontae Adams. Um, but the biggest thing and our biggest knock on him is just the uncertainty in the future moving forward. Um, him and Rogers both posted that last dance cryptic photo. So that's obviously sketchy. And another big thing is the touchdowns. Um, he had 16 last year. I don't think any of us here at the Dynasty Monarchy believe he can do that every single year throughout his career. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be touchdown regression there. But when you look at him and you talk about targets, Peter, and Jace, when you read those targets to me from Tyreek Hill, like my jaw actually like hit the floor. I didn't know he was mm-hmm. getting that many a game. Mm-hmm. Um, but Devontae gets just as many. I mean, 16, 11, 12, 12, 9, 9, 12, 10, 10, 12. And he catches more of those than not. I mean, he rarely drops a ball. And he's Rogers' favorite target, whereas like Tyreek Hill still does have to compete with – Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, Mecole Hardman for some touchdowns here and there. But, like, Aaron Rodgers, they only have Devontae Adams to throw to. I mean, they're not going to throw to MVS. They're not going to throw to Equiminius St. Brown. Like, Amari Rodgers hasn't even looked that great. So, he's 28, and I get he's on the older part of his career. But I'll take a chance on him in free agency next year. And if he's with Rodgers, I can have him at 1B right behind Tyreek Hill. Yeah, I feel the same way, you know. I talked a lot in one of the previous podcasts about what these players can do heading into the upcoming season to see if they can increase your value. And I think if you're a win now guy, I mean, there's no one more perfect than Devonte Adams, like, especially from the wide receiver position, 
tremendous touchdown upside. I know there's going to be regression probably just across the league, but especially with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But the dude's such a target hog and like, I don't know, just as a pure wide receiver, just route running hands, just such an all around great wide receiver. And I have no qualms about, you know, if you're a contender, if you have him, if you're a rebuilder and you have him, I think this upcoming season, his value is going to skyrocket once again. And, you know, if you're win now, I think it'll help you win now. And if you're a contender or contend later kind of guy, I think you can sell him to another contender for just a King's ransom um, heading into this season. Yeah, I'm not going to go and talk about Devontae at the lengths that both of you did. I knew firsthand experience last year. He got he literally carried my team to the championship, mm-hmm. uh, put up not the championship, the semifinal, put up a little bit of a dud in it. And uh, I ended up losing. But yeah. I know that I was only there because of him that entire <laughs> year. He carried me. Uh, Devontae's 100 percent worth it. And if you I can understand why other people would take younger wide receivers mm-hmm. ahead of them, mm-hmm. but I would not want any other receiver ahead of them at all. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we know what Devonte is, you know, like he's been a one for so long now you just take the guaranteed one where these, these other guys you're hoping to see them develop into like that top one, top two talent, you know, just give what you're taking. The man's a freak. Yeah. Uh, next up at a number three spot, we have one of my favorite players in the league. Uh, mm-hmm. Just because of his name, Arthur Juan. That's right. He should start going by Arthur Juan. Uh, it's yeah, AJ Brown from the Titans. Uh, really quick, before Max gets into it, I do want to talk. I think there's a trend out there with these old Miss wide receivers. I, I think there's gonna there's something in the water with these old Miss wide receivers coming up mm. here, and sooner or later, I think another young. This is my Jets fandom. Another young old Miss wide receiver might find his way onto this board next year. The top 12, really. Maybe You're a little bit projection. Jamison Crowder's going top 12. Jamison Crowder. <laughs> top 12. Uh, whoever whoever else, any old Miss wide receiver out there that's not named Elijah Moore, I promise. <laughs> no, uh, that's... Peter... Oh, go, go ahead, on. Max. Uh, <laughs> if you insist, if you insist. But, uh, Peter, I think you should start us off here because Arthur Juan is your man. So, give us, give, kick us off here. I love I love Arthur. Uh, he has been the main guy in uh, Tennessee for his entire career so far. And I know it's a very short career, but he has been the guy in that offense. Now, when you're coming into this uh, kind of run first heavy offense and the team already spent like a top five overall pick on Corey Davis. Right. You're expected to come in here and, you know, kind of do your job as a wide receiver, too. But A.J. Brown said, no, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to be a dog every single day and try to do what I can for this team. I'm not going to be content being the number two. And he put on an absolute clinic last year. He finished as the wide receiver 12 in PPR and nine in standard. He is 24 years old. (laughs) Najee is 23, just for context, right? Mm. This guy's got two years of experience looking to take another step forward. The only knock that I can see on him uh, coming up this year is going to be the consistency with the addition of Julio. Yeah. I mean, you brought up the consistency and I guess I'll start there. Um, when I, I, I was a big AJ Brown fan last year. I know um, big Al, big fan of the show. He's a big AJ Brown fan as well. And we try to watch him every week. And I mean, he would make some insane catches and do some amazing things, but the consistency is an issue because I feel like most of his points would come from like a 70 yard slant that he could take to the house. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and he only gets like six to seven targets a game. Whereas like those other guys we mentioned before are getting like 10 plus and like, you can't expect every guy to get 10 plus, but like Peter said, just the age. And I think Julio will actually help him get open more and have that number mm-hmm. two on him. So, and Tannehill really took a big step forward as he got away from Adam Gase, which I also think Sam Darnold will do this year. Um, no offense to you, Peter, and your boy oh. Adam Gase, but <laughs> not a fan, not a fan. Um, 24 so. years old and the skill set that he has and the work ethic that he has. I mean, the dude played through two, what, what were his injuries last year? Two knee issues, I know. Yeah, I think he had knee surgeries on both of his knees this offseason. Um, so, yeah, he was playing on two bum knees last year. I'm still able to put up, what'd you say, a top 12 season? So, yeah. you know. 12 in standard, nine, uh, sorry, nine in standard, 12 in PPR. Yeah, I mean, that, I mean, that's the kind of dude I want on my team. I want a mm-hmm. dude that's going to go out there and play through injuries, whereas you got a guy like, I don't know. His counterpart. Dante. Yeah, <laughs> Julio Jones does not go out there every week. So I'll, I'll pass it to you, Jace, but A.J. Brown at number three, is it's a great value. Yeah, I think he's definitely got a lot of upside for this year, you know, coming into year three. You know, he's gotten better every year he's been in the league. And, um, you know, Julio's getting old, man. You know, he is, he is a threat to A.J. Brown's target share, but – We'll see how many games he'll actually, you know, he'll step onto the field for. Um, so, yeah, look out for A.J. Brown on those those games that Julio misses because he's going to be the the complete alpha in the receiving game. But on top of that, too, we talked about Derrick Henry and um, how we kind of expect a decline in his production over the next couple of years. You know, it's pretty, um, you know, it's going to happen no matter what um, to whoever, um, no matter how good you are, what your name is. But. So I think, you know, that offense is going to have to kind of morph into a more pass-happy offense. I don't know if it'll be this year. Hopefully Derrick Henry still got some tread left on those tires. But if not this year, it'll be the next year. And uh, eventually, you know, I think A.J. Brown's going to get a hold of a target share with enough volume that he's just going to be – he's definitely got top three upside for me um, in pretty much any format and, you know, dynasty redraft, any kind of standard or standard PPR, half PPR, any kind of scoring format. I think he's just, you know, such an incredible wide receiver. And yeah, like Max said, 24 years old. So from a dynasty perspective, you're getting all you can ask for. Yeah. I couldn't have said it any better myself. He is a fan favorite of the, uh, the podcast. Let's call it, let's call it that the monarchs love him. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on next was the value of everybody's dynasty draft last year. Fifth round, averaging the fifth round, uh, changing teams. Everybody's trying to find the the next one out there, this mm-hmm. year's version of them. Stephon Diggs for the Buffalo Bills. Mm-hmm. Monster. Such yeah. a beast. Monster is an understatement. But, Peter, I mean, I, I'll let you kick it off here again because you have a nickname for Mr. Diggs, and share your thoughts and your oh. nickname. So I had both Diggs and Adams last year. I know it was a it was a wild ride while it yeah. happened, yeah. Uh, and I just so happened to overtrade sadly, and uh, it, it was a very sad day that I look at my team and they're both not on there. But mm-hmm. I love Diggs last year because he is Mister Consistency. That's what mm-hmm. I always called him. That I even nicknamed him that on Sleeper, and he was his, that was his name all year. And this is this is why I'm going to tell you why. Listen to these reception totals, right? He goes 8, 8, 4, 6, 10, 6, 6, 6, 9, 10, 7, 10, 10, 11, 9, 7. He put up absolute numbers all year. He had one fantasy performance. I think that was below 15 points. 
yeah, literally one fantasy performance below 15 points the entire season. He just put up numbers every single week. He's on the field for over 85% of snaps on average. He is just an absolute tank. And he only played half the snaps in week 17 against Miami and somehow managed to put up 15 points. Mm-hmm. He is just an absolute unit with Josh Allen out there. He is going to find a way to get the ball and he is an absolute alpha. He demands targets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And on top of that too, just from a dynasty perspective, he is, let me check real quick. He is about to turn 28. So, you know, right in there in the prime of his career. And uh, you couldn't have asked for a better quarterback for him to step into the, you know, his prime with, you know, especially Josh Allen in Buffalo where they really didn't do anything to bolster that backfield. You know, I think they're just going to be just as pass happy as they were last year. If not more, we'll see what those backs can do if they can get anything going on the ground, but you know, such a target hog, you know, that's what you want to see out of your wide receivers. And last year he led the league with 166 targets followed by Deandre Hopkins at 160. So that on top of a 76.5% catch rate, like the dude is just an absolute monster. And just like Peter said, um, a true model of consistency. Yeah, you guys really touched on everything I wanted to say. But the big thing that I want to bring up is just the passing offense that's in Buffalo. I mean, you watch the preseason games. You watch the games last year. They're not running the football. Mm-hmm. I think that the starters played for a whole half the other day versus Green Bay. And I think they ran the football one time. And when you look at the wide receivers that they have, you have Cole Beasley, who, who's good. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not going to dig dog on Cole Beasley. And you have um, Gabriel Davis, who's up and coming, and Emmanuel Sanders. But, I mean, when you look at the list, Diggs is really the guy that just stands out. And like you guys both said, he's an alpha. He wants that football. He demanded mm-hmm. it from Kirk Cousins. And that was his really big issue in Minnesota. He wasn't getting the ball because mm-hmm. he has the skill set to get open. So with the consistency numbers stepping into his prime and with the quarterback that can throw the ball, farther than anyone and wants to throw it to him more than anyone it's just a recipe for success so i love me some digs Mm -hmm. all right coming up next oh wait really quick my dad just shot me a text who do you guys think won the notre dame game just watched it notre dame game winner you're florida state (laughs) fans don't listen to the podcast i'm sorry sad day they lost an overtime on a game-winning field goal from 41. Yikes. Uh, sorry, we won't we won't dwell on that for too long. But coming up next is another one of my favorites and might be my favorite wide receiver in the draft, especially for his value in Dynasty right now. Uh, it's Calvin Ridley out of the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I think we should uh, popcorn this one to Jace to start us off because I know Jace also loves himself some Ridley. So, Jace, kick us off here. Yeah, Ridley, I mean, over the past couple of weeks, I've been, you know, we've been getting a little closer to redraft. So I've been focusing on that a little bit. And Ridley, you know, I think he's right up there with, you know, Devontae Adams and Stefan Diggs heading into this season. And I think just in redraft, if you're able to get him anywhere in the second round, like he is just an absolute steal um, with the upside that he brings to the table. I think he could easily be the wide receiver one this year being the only target for, I mean, not the only, but the the main wide receiver target for Matt Ryan. Um, of course, you got Kyle Pitts that just joined the squad, but I think he's going to c- command such a tremendous target share. And on top of that too, like he, he's just such a fantastic fantasy option or yeah, option because he goes deep so often and he's just like Tyree Kill in the same way that he's always one play away from taking the top off um, and dropping 10 points into your fantasy squad. So um I don't know. I, I really can't talk about the guy enough. I do worry, though, about Matt Ryan and, 
you know, how long he's going to stay productive and how long he'll stay with Atlanta. I know he's locked in. Um, what did I say earlier that he's an unrestricted free agent starting in 2024, but he has an option in 2022. So, you know, you could see him stick around until, you know, 2023 and maybe beyond don't know what kind of deal he could get to stay around. But, you know, I think for the time being, this dude's just going to absolute, you know, take the top off this season and shoot his value through uh, to the moon. So I think he's a, just such a solid investment in dynasty redraft, wherever you have it. Absolutely. I mean, he's 26 years old, so he's kind of older. Cause like when I think of Ridley, I think he's young. He was, he's only been in the league for three years. So he came into the league at a later age, but he's that he's an Alabama wide receiver. That is the sole target. I mean, Kyle Pitts, whatever you want to call him, like you just said, mm-hmm. But he's mm-hmm. going to demand those targets, and he learned from the best. He learned from Julio Jones. So right. when you take all that into factor, and like you factor that all in, I mean, mm-hmm. I love Calvin Ridley. And like you said, I really think he can be the wide receiver one this year. I think mm-hmm. he runs crisp routes. I think he gets open. And like all these guys that we're talking about at the top, he's also like he's an alpha. He wants the football. He's not mm-hmm. afraid of the football. And the biggest thing I love about Calvin Ridley is that he plays for the Atlanta Falcons. They're going to be down. They're going to be losing games. <laughs> And Matt Ryan doesn't care. Matt Ryan will chuck that ball up 40 times, just like Jameis Winston. And mm-hmm. you, if you're going to tell me that Mike Davis is going to run the ball 30 times, I'm going to tell you to leave the podcast because he's not going to run the ball that much. <laughs> they did not bring in a 28-year-old aging Mike Davis to run the football. No, they're going to – obviously he's going to get some work, but Calvin Ridley is going to take over that offense and take it to the next level, like you said, Jace. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I've been hearing the Wayne Gallman argument all week. So Mm -hmm. the week before, so I'd say about a month ago, it was the Mike Davis argument. Then it was the Quadre Allison argument. Mm -hmm. Then it was the Javion Hawkins argument. And Mm -hmm. now it's the Wayne Gallman argument. It's just every week I hear, oh, Tennessee, you know, he's the the new head coach, you know, he wants to run the football. We got going to have a new Derrick Henry down here. No, no. A good Mm -hmm. head coach is going to realize his talents. Mm-hmm. And the fact that he has a, in my personal opinion, a top three, top four redraft wide receiver. So a guy that's ready to produce now. Mm-hmm. He's getting, I think he averaged like nine targets a game last year. And that had games with Julio Jones in the lineup. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine how many more he's going to get now. He's great at creating space. And in those games where Julio wasn't there, he was getting double teamed everywhere, left and right, and still was able to catch nine touchdown passes mm-hmm. on the year. So if we can just see that touchdown variance rise a little bit, maybe to like 12, mm-hmm. and keep him consistent with those receptions and the yardage, he will go through the moon and 100% be a first-round draft pick next year. Yeah, just like one more little thing to add. Last year he had 90 receptions for – uh, 1,374 yards and nine touchdowns. So just for me, just take Julio's target share out of there because, I mean, talk about demanding the football. When Julio steps on the field, he demands the football, and especially from his guy, Matt Ryan. They've been together for so long, but now they've parted ways. And I just – Calvin Ridley is just going to fill up the stat sheet this year. I mean, over 100 catches for sure. And the dude was already at, what I say, almost 1,400 yards. Like, we could have, like, a 1,600-yard wide receiver here with, you know – easy double digit touchdown upside. So just an absolute playmaker and uh, just a steal wherever you can get him dynasty redraft, whatever. Yeah. One more thing while we're on Calvin Ridley, I, for the people playing dynasty redraft, whatever it is, Calvin Ridley, he starts off with a tough schedule. I mean, he plays Philly who has a good secondary, then goes to Tampa, New York, Washington, and 
believe it or not, the Jets have a pretty good defense. So he mm-hmm. has a tough schedule and then a bye week. I think after that week six bye or right before it, you buy him at a low because he's going to be at the lowest he's going to be. And then mm-hmm. in the second half of the year, he gets teams like Jacksonville, Carolina, Detroit. I mean, mm-hmm. Carolina twice. I mean, he's – and they're going to be in these shootout games. I mean, I know a good friend of the show, Noah, we had the NFC South. It's just a shootout every game. It doesn't matter if it's the Bucks, the Saints, the Panthers, or the Falcons. To me, to Noah, to anyone, I just feel like they're always shootouts. And mm-hmm. then that just leads to more Calvin Ridley success. So I say buy low. And if you have them now, do not sell them. It's a yeah, shootout. No. It's definitely a shootout amongst like AR-15s. And then he's like the nuke that <laughs> yeah. just drops. <laughs> he is, man. He is. All right. Moving on next. Our first like shocker that it's not that this guy, you know, is usually around like 10 or 11 for people. And we got him higher. This guy's usually a lot higher. And I know Jace. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kick it to Jace first because he's the one that has him a lot higher than us. It's Jay Jett, Justin Jefferson from the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, so Justin Jefferson, I mean, I got him at the two spot in my rankings. And, um, you know, just what a prolific rookie season he put up, man. Like, I don't know, just broke all kinds of records. And I, I just don't think you can deny that talent. And then on top of that, too, like you got um, Adam Thielen there. That's a lot of people's main argument against him having like a really big sophomore slump. You know, Adam Thielen's old. Um, I was just looking up his age for a second. He's 31 years old. You know, last year, I feel like he got really lucky in the touchdown department to really kind of hold his fantasy stock afloat. So, you know, I just think Adam Thielen's kind of one foot out the door. You know, it stinks because he's been such an alpha for quite some time in fantasy, but I do think he's kind of like Julio. He's stepping out to that second stage of his career, looking more like a true two than the one he used to be. So, you know, Justin Jefferson, um, let me pull him up real quick. He is 22 years old, man. Like at 21 years old, he was able to put up the rookie season that he did last year. And I just think, you know, the sky's the limit for him. Um, watching film with him too, such a big body dude, six one two oh two runs extremely crisp routes. And just once he gets the ball in his hands, he's, he's just Devonte Adams. Like to me, just a younger Devonte Adams, the, those two just like remind me of each other so much. So um, just imagine getting Devonte Adams in dynasty, you know, when he was 21, 22 years old. So that, and I think he'll produce, I mean, he already has, he'll produce a lot sooner than Devonte did because I believe he took like three years to get going, but I just can't talk about him enough, honestly. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me with Justin Jefferson is that he's only done it for one year. I mean, the guys that we talk about, I get Diggs did it for one year, but he was still consistent in Minnesota, and Calvin Ridley's been consistent, and, like, he's been on the up and up. But, like, to me, it just scares me. He's only done it for one year. I get he's 22 years old, but we really don't find these wide receivers. Like, it takes wide receivers a while to develop into their prime. And I feel as though, did he almost – hit his peak and people are buying at like the peak right now. Like if you wanted to go out and get Justin Jefferson in the dynasty league, you would have to pay like three first and a player or something like mm-hmm. it's a crazy value. And I just don't think he's worth it particularly. I mean, I get Adam Thielen's on his way out and all this stuff. And he is a great player and a great route runner. And mm-hmm. I mean, I like to look at the schedule and like, look when I can buy low. I mean, he has a very, very nice schedule for the first seven weeks. He plays Cincinnati, Arizona, Detroit, and Carolina in there. So <laughs> I mean, his value is only going to go up and no one's selling him. Like if you want to go get Justin Jefferson, you're going to have to pay a premium regardless. He has Mm -hmm. a very nice schedule all year round, but at 22 years old, it just scares me that he's 
almost peak too early for me. I still think he's a great talent. And like, I have him just a little below you, but I just can't put him in that upper echelon of guys like Devonte or Ridley or Diggs that have done it consistently for me personally. Yeah. Max, Max, you really hit the nail on the head there. I like Jay Jeff. I was huge, huge on him out of college. I think my roommates uh, from college can attest to that. Uh, Max being one of them. Uh, I always thought he was really good. I thought the Eagles were stupid for passing on him. Uh, yeah. Going with Jalen Rager. Uh, but that's a story for another time. But now I understand where everybody's coming from ranking him too because of the age. But I see another factor there. Minnesota is always going to be a ground and pound team first and foremost with Dalvin Cook, right? Mm-hmm. So you have Dalvin Cook getting the ball out of the backfield, both catching and rushing. You have Adam Thielen being there, and whether he's 1A or 1B or even the 2, that's taking away from his target share. And then Jay Jeff is the 3 with who throwing him the ball? Oh, Senor Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Captain Kirk Cousins, right? Mm-hmm. So Captain Kirk Cousins is throwing you the football on his best year that he's ever had in the NFL. And you put up that season, great. But I don't think he's worth the top five dynasty wide receiver price in a draft because of the outlier season that Kirk Cousins put up because they had to throw the ball so much because their defense was terrible. Their defense had an off year for some reason. I don't know why, but Zimmer's going to put some dogs out on that defense and play really well. And again, they passed on Justin Fields. Mm -hmm. They traded the pick. So they're happy with Kirk Cousins being out there. I feel like if they got Fields and those two were linked for years to come, I would have no problem drafting him at that number two spot, but I don't trust the quarterback play enough. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm not too worried about like Kirk regressing too much, maybe just in the touchdown department because he did throw 35 touchdowns last year and his next highest was 30. But from a, from an attempt standpoint, you know, he threw 516 uh, passes last year, the year prior, 444, the year prior to that 606. Um, so I'm looking at his stats right now and he's always been a kind of, you know, low, I'd say like mid five hundreds in the attempts department. So I don't know. I just think if Justin Jefferson sees like that true alpha target share, I think Kirk cousins can provide enough volume for him to be, you know, like a real alpha. Cause like, I guess the same argument could be made against AJ Brown, you know, if not even more, uh, intense because of Dalvin cook and, how much they've liked to run the ball over the past few years. I don't know. I just at him putting up 1400 yards as a rookie. is just like, I feel like that just speaks generational, you know, and it can't be ignored, but I respect your guys' opinions too. And, you know, maybe I need to pump my brakes a little bit, but I just can't help myself. No, you're good. You're good. We, everybody has their own opinion as long as it's not Odell at number 13. <laughs> even, even that said person has their own opinion. They, they have their own opinion. And I'm fine with admitting that my opinion's wrong, and I hope that person can too. Uh, mm-hmm. Moving forward, I'm going to let Max introduce this one. This is another one of his boys. Stole, stole him from me in Dynasty. Oh, I did steal him from you in Dynasty. I'll give the listeners a little bit of background. It was actually one of the bigger trades we've ever done. But yes, in hindsight, I mean, it, it really did. It was a fair trade on paper. I thought I was giving up too much at the beginning, but it was Devonta. I traded Devontae Adams and two first round picks for DK Metcalf and CD lamb. And when you look at it and you put it into 2020 in perspective, like, I don't know, Peter got Devonta, he was competing, all that stuff. I got two young wide receivers that 
little sneak peek. They're back to back on our rankings here, but this is DK Metcalf. And if, if I wasn't in a podcast or whatever, someone's like, Oh, who's the best wider here for years to come. I'd say Devonte Adam or whoa. Oh yeah. There it is. The truth comes maybe, out right maybe, there. Ball don't maybe, lie. Freudian, Freudian slip. Oh my gosh. But no DK Metcalf. Um, I just think he is the closest we will see to Megatron. I mean, I know people make comparisons and they call Chase Claypool, Mapletron and all this stuff, but like who calls him Mapletron? <laughs> all the announcers I've do. That. I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, they call God. him Mapletron because of his, they got to hire stuff. new announcers. But when you have an athlete that can run in the Olympics and not finish last in the hundred meters, when he's literally two times these guys, size, it is crazy. And you put that athlete on the NFL field with Russell Wilson and his ability to play the sport that he plays, which is NFL football. I can't get enough of it. I mean, DK Metcalf's my boy. I think he's drippy. I think he can, his route tree was a little limited and that's what like his big knock was coming out of uh, college at Ole Miss. But I mean, he can run that go route better than anyone. And you know, who can throw the go route better than anyone that's Russell Wilson. So that's right. Before- if they let Russ cook DK to the, uh, past the moon, I don't even know where he can go. <laughs> before, you, uh, before you start, Chase, I do want to mention, mm-hmm. he has the best eye black in the game. For anybody that's out there, he – if anybody knows Kiss, like the band Kiss, where they would put mm-hmm. that, like, black eyeliner on and mm-hmm. do, like, the, uh, the lightning bolt over their eye, he does mm-hmm. that with his eye black. That is so sick. He's that so drippy. Dope. And when you look good, you play good. That's all I got to say about DK. Yep, yep, and yep. that's all I need to say about DK. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I do, like, I, I do worry about his target share just a little bit. You know, last year he had, he only had 83 receptions. I mean, that's a great total, but I do think he is a little bit kind of deep ball and touchdown reliant just a little bit, just because Tyler Lockett is there and he is, you know, they signed him to a nice cushy four year, four year deal. So you know, Lockett's going to be a part of that offense for sure. And, you know, the whole thing about heading into this year is they want to run the ball more. So do we see Russell um, Westbrook act – Westbrook. <laughs> Westbrook. Yeah, yeah. We're, this is a dynasty I make basketball that mistake podcast. The, I make that mistake all the time. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Russell Wilson, are we going to see him, you know, cook this year or are we going to be seeing him hand the ball off a bunch this year? So, you know, I just don't – I don't know how much volume he's necessarily going to receive, but at the same time, kind of like all these top echelon guys, they really don't need that many targets to become fantasy relevant. So kind of in the same way I view Tyree kill, he is always one play away from a nice long touchdown. And he's, you know, you were talking about his speed, the dude's six four two twenty nine, And I think I heard something the other day that if you took height and weight, um, as part of the equation for measuring speed, DK would be um, the fastest adjusted NFL player in the league. So, you know, he is just a freak talent and, you know, Calvin Johnson, the the comparisons have been made, but if anything, he's got even more speed uh, than Calvin Johnson did. So he's a beast. I don't have too much to say. Yeah. DK is truly one of one. Uh, I don't think there's really anybody like him in the league now. I don't think that there's Mm going to be anybody like him in the league for years to come. Mm-hmm. I love that he's connected to Russell Wilson. My only, you know, pump the brakes on him is the offensive line situation in mm-hmm. uh, in the Pacific Northwest. They they have an actual problem at offensive mm-hmm. line. Mm-hmm. Russ got sacked 
I can't remember the exact figure, but it was astonishing. And he's a mobile quarterback. Right. And they did absolutely nothing to address that line in a serious way this past season. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I can see it either getting the same amount as it was this past year uh, is in total points for DK uh, or maybe even regressing a little bit uh, with that being said, because they are going to want to run the ball a little bit more with a terrible offensive line. So I have no idea how that's going to work. Yeah. One little thing I wanted to add to Max. I remember you talking about this the most in the off season when we first got going, but um, do you remember when they were talking about how they were trying to develop DK's route tree into some shorter routes rather than, all those intermediate and deep balls all the time. Do you remember that? I forget what their exact report said. Yeah, uh, they got a new offensive coordinator there in Seattle. And I mean, it's been a big discussion there for Seattle like a long time now is like, should they let Russ cook? Should they run the ball more? And I think they've came, come more to a compromise of like the shorter passes, getting the ball out quick and not letting Russ get sacked because he got sacked more than anyone last year. Mm-hmm. So I think they're going to try more like screen passes, little slants and stuff. And I feel like if DK can get his route tree to like screen slants and the deep ball, I mean, I right. really think to the moon, like I said. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's just what'll be the complete picture for him actually locking himself in as like a true top five dynasty guy is if he can, you know, shorten up that route tree a little bit. Cause kind of just like I was saying earlier, I do worry about him being a little bit touchdown and deep ball dependent, but you know, I don't know. We've just talked about his speed. Get him on some slants. You know, Michael Thomas made a career out of that. So give it yeah. to the fastest guy in the league, right? 100%. All right, moving forward. One of Max's favorite players in the NFL. He's a young gun, second-year wide receiver. He alluded to him earlier. Mr. Mm-hmm. C.D. Lamb. Yeah, plug that C.D. in, boy. For real. <laughs> I mean, I just love C.D. because of his quarterback play and that prolific offense that they're in. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. to be tied to Dak Prescott to the next five years, you can't get much better than other to being tied to Patrick Mahomes for the next five years. Maybe Russell Wilson. I don't know. There's a lot of great quarterbacks out there, but he's so young and they invested such a high capital draft pick on him. They let him wear the number 88 for a reason. I mean, you see the guy, he missed the catches in camp. I mean, a lot of people in the community I know have him as like a one, two or three wide receiver. But I think for us, like at the monarchy here, um, we just like the consistency. We like to see it year in and year out. And mm. I mean, if you can get like, to me, I would almost rather have CD lamb than Justin Jefferson, just based on the price alone. Um, mm. I, I think you're going to have to pay three first and a player for Jay Jeff, where I think CD lamb, he's expensive, but I, it's to say it's three first and not a player. Like, I think that they're very, very similar and I'd rather be tied to Dak Prescott than Kirk cousins. I mean, I'm not the highest on, Justin Jefferson, I know you are, Jace, but I think Mm -hmm. CeeDee Lamb, what we got to see in the first five games with Dak, when we get to see that over a whole year and him take the next steps as a player, I really think that we'll all be on that same page come midseason there. Yeah, the one thing, you know, just not to compare Jefferson and CeeDee too much is I just – Amari Cooper is still there, you know, and he signed through 2024. He has a potential out in 2022, but – you know, Amari Cooper feels like he's been in the league forever, but the dude is 27 years old, stepping into his own prime. So, you know, Dak already loves to spread the ball around, but now he's got two true alphas in that offense. So I just really worry about him posting, you know, a ridiculous target share like some of these top five guys. Whereas, you know, with Justin Jefferson, I think Thielen's out the, or Thielen's out the door. And then, you know, you just lost Irv Smith. And I'm not too worried about Tyler Conklin coming in and stealing targets. So, 
just from a target share standpoint, I, I do struggle with him a little bit, but I do think the separator between him and Amari Cooper is that we, we really haven't seen Amari Cooper become this big touchdown guy um, over the course of his career. And I think CD's athletic profile just kind of screams touchdown um, and end zone targets. So um, I think that's going to be the big separator, but I do think his, you know, receptions and yardage is capped a little bit by Amari Cooper. Yeah. Uh, I have an interesting stat about CD, right? We look at where he finished last year. So he finishes the wide receiver 20 and the wide receiver 22, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, both in, uh, what is it? Standard and then PPR respect, respectfully. So 20 and 22. So he, they lose Dak. And he still goes out and puts on an absolute show. Mm-hmm. He, after they lose Dak, what week was that, Max? Was that week, week five, uh, five against the Giants? The Giants, yeah, about halfway through. Right? So CD goes out and puts up 13. He puts out a dud against Washington, putting up 0.1. Right? Then he puts up <laughs> 8, 15, 16, 7, 10, 8, 19, 23, and 10. For a rookie history. wide receiver with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. For a Wookiee, mm-hmm. rookie wide receiver. Wookie. A Wookiee. A Wookiee. Is he in Star Wars? <laughs> a Wookiee? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. uh, for, for a rookie wide receiver, number one, with Andy Dalton as your quarterback, number two, being the number three target on the offense, number three, right? He put up these numbers, and those last three games are a little bit of a sign of the things to come for CD lamb and what they really need for him. So in those last three games, he had seven targets, five targets, seven targets, but he was able to find the end zone, put up some uh, yards and put up yak in those games, yeah. which is so much more important. Uh, CD lamb is going to be incredible this year. He's 22. And if he finishes the 20th and the 22nd wide receiver without Dak Prescott there for two thirds of the season, just mm-hmm. imagine what he's going to be able to do this year as he takes another step forward and gets to fight against those tier two DBs on those teams. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. I think, uh, I don't know how good of a comparison is, but you know, we saw Juju Smith Schuster when Antonio Brown was in Pittsburgh and how, you know, when you attract number two DBs, when you have two alphas like that on a team, like, both guys can be freaks of nature. I mean, Antonio Brown was a perennial wide receiver one, but at the same time, we thought Juju was like the next guy coming um, with what he was able to do. So, yeah, I think with the kind of coverages that these guys, you know, force the defenses to present, I think they're both just going to be beasts. And, you know, he put up 74 catches for 930, uh, 935 yards last year and five touchdowns. So, yeah, Bacon, you get Dak back, like CD to the moon for sure. And, you know, just like a lot of these young guys, the dude's 22 years old. Like, you know, he's basically younger than me. And, you know, I'm just sitting in a chair podcasting. this dude's out there making bank and making plays on Sunday. So yeah. CD lamb to the moon. Yeah. Uh, I, I love CD, but we're going to get forward, keep moving forward. Uh, we have the resident old man of the, the top 12 here. You know, mm. he's got us, he's got his cane out. And you know how much of an old man is? He moved to Arizona <laughs> in the retirement community in Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. DeAndre Hopkins. Yo, I'll start with DeAndre. I've actually met him twice. I met him once at a brunch place called Maple and Ash. Didn't really say what's up. Didn't really meet him then. But one time I was parking my car outside 
of a hoagies place called hangover hoagies and all of a sudden i looked over to my left and deandre hopkins was just walking like five feet from me and um it was actually the day after he caught that hail mary so i got to tell him like yo nice catch man like that was dope and he you know threw me some deuces and said thanks for the support but you know he's my guy for sure just from meeting him um that was like definitely a really cool experience for me but the biggest thing with him is target share. Like the dude was um, second to only digs last year. He had, uh, oh, actually I lost my target share total. Let's see if I can find it real quick. 160 targets last year, you know, caught yeah. 115 balls and um, 1400 yards. You know, he lacked in the touchdown department a little bit, you know, six touchdowns. You can probably blame that on Cliff Kingsbury a little bit and his inability to scheme up, you know, his players in the red zone. But, you know, Kyler did get banged up towards the end of last year, and that really did affect DeAndre Hopkins and his finish. But baking a full, healthy year of Kyler Murray, him, Kyler, I believe, stepping into his third year, so um, getting better as a pro. So I, there's just two not – there's really not that much to gripe about other than his age. And, you know, he might be stepping into the last couple years of his prime here, but I think he's definitely going to be useful, and I definitely trust his role in the, the Cardinals' offense. Yeah, I mean, you talk about his age, and Peter calls him an old man with a cane and everything. But Johnny, thanks for the support, Chase. <laughs> but uh, according to his Twitter and his tweets, the guy wants to play for nine more years in the NFL. I mean, he has a teammate, Larry Fitzgerald, that uh, can show him the ropes <laughs> on that one. So, um, but no, you touched on it all that I really wanted to bring up. But Kyler Murray did get hurt last year, and it did hurt DeAndre Hopkins. But when Kyler Murray was healthy. It also kind of took away from DeAndre Hopkins because instead mm. of like a throwing like the ball, Kyler Murray just tucked down and run it sometimes. And I mm. feel like it does hurt. It, it's like a sword, like with two sides, you know, a double-edged mm -hmm. sword. So Kyler Murray being healthy, it took away from the rushing upside or whatever and the passing and everything. But D-Hop, I mean, if you would have asked me who the best receiver is in the league like two years ago, I would have said DeAndre Hopkins. I mean – I just think his skill set, he's the best wide receiver in the league. He can catch, he can high point the ball, he runs the best routes. And he had Watson throwing the ball for a while. Mm -hmm. um, but like you said, Cliff Kingsbury needs to scheme up more routes for him and really get him involved more because they don't really have another guy there other than, I mean, Rondell Moore could develop into that. Christian Kirk's been in the league for, I don't know, four years and has AJ Green. AJ Green. So yeah, we'll he's see really, he's, got left. he's the alpha there. He demands the ball, and I think he will get the ball this year. And in full point PPR, from a contender standpoint, I absolutely love DeAndre Hopkins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, two things, Jace, before we move mm -hmm. on to the next guy. Number one, uh, so you said he had six touchdowns? Yeah, six touchdowns last year. So really he would, had five, basically, because that Hail Mary doesn't count. Yeah, yeah. He had five I mean, schemable touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, true. Which is true. which sounds just so much worse. Right. They need to figure something out because there's a lot of mouths to feed down there. You got AJ Green, however much you want to laugh at that. They got the rookie Rondell Moore. They got him. They got Hop. They have Kyler, who's going to get his rushing touchdowns, and then they got Chase Edmonds out of the backfield, who's going to have an increased role this year. So, and James Conner, who however mm -hmm. however big his role is going to be, there's a lot of mouths to feed, and I wouldn't be surprised if that touchdown total stayed around the same. Uh, mm -hmm. And then number two, what did he order from that hoagie place? Yeah, I actually I don't think he was ordering from the hoagie place. There's an Indian restaurant in the same strip mall, and I believe he was doing some kind of like promotional like. Um, some kind of advertisement for this place called the Curry Corner. Um, 
actually, I think the Curry Corner has been on driver or diners, drive-ins, and dives. So, you know, shout out to them. I guess their food's pretty great. I've never checked it out myself, but you know, they got D Hop support. It looks like Indian food's really good. You're you're making me hungry, Jace. It's uh, yeah, some butter chicken. Oh, some butter chicken. Some, some chicken tikka masala. Up in yeah, here. yes, sir. It's a uh, 12 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, a little bit past midnight, and I'm getting the late night craving. So. <laughs> <laughs> you're hitting me with that uh moving mm-hmm. on we have another kind of old guy everybody thinks he's old but he's cool because he's produced with terrible quarterback play over his years and you know everybody can see that little glimpse of hope with justin fields there yeah. it's alan robinson mm-hmm. i i love me some a rob um i really i own him in more leagues than i should probably just because you should diversify your assets but like you said peter he's played with the worst of the worst quarterbacks from Nick Foles to Blake Mitch Trubisky to Blake Bortles. I mean, <laughs> the guy has produced at an elite level with the worst. So you just imagine what his upside would be with Justin Fields. And I get that Justin Fields runs the ball. So that might take away from it, from my perspective of it, but I just feel like Justin Fields could also sling the ball and likes to lock onto targets. So a Rob is definitely the guy there. I know Mooney's great and he's a great route runner and burn Jalen Ramsey and he's Jalen Ramsey's dad. But A-Rob, I mean, all that needs to be said is that he scores touchdowns. They're in the Bears offense. Like You have David Montgomery and you have Allen Robinson. That's all you have. And you're going to be losing games because Matt Nagy does not know how to coach. At least I don't think so. But with Justin Fields, I think that's why he sneaks into the top 10 for me. It's just because of the quarterback play upcoming. And he's only 28 years old. And I also like the fact that he's a mystery box and is going to be a free agent next year. So if he decides to leave, I think he has a say where he goes. So he'll pick a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. J-T-S. Oh, not for our boy Corey Davis. (laughs) Yeah, no, with uh, Allen Robinson, the one thing that I always go back to with him you know, there's there's always kind of been reports that he's not a great separator. Um, that's what I've heard from some analysts across the industry. But I would beg to differ because the dude demands targets. He has been over the 150 target mark four times in his career. Um, the last two years, he put up 151 targets and 154 targets, respectively. And, um, you know, he's about as close, like, when you get to this tier and this drop, like, he's about as good as it gets for 100 catches. And, um, you know, people worry about Darnell Mooney. Yes, he is a really good route runner, and he himself will demand the ball. But at the same time, we expect Justin Fields to come in sooner rather than later. And there is all kinds of research and analysis on rookie quarterbacks' inability to support two fantasy-relevant wide receivers. So, you know, if Fields is locking on to anyone, it's A-Rob. And, you know, if it's, you know, if that analysis runs true and he's, truly just locking onto one guy, you know, 160 targets is not anywhere out of the realm, especially with the added game. And, um, you know, such a yardage King, you do kind of just like Deandre Hopkins worry about his touchdown upside, you know, how many touchdowns will fields throw or how many touchdowns will Dalton and fields throw, I guess. But, you know, I don't know. He's never been a huge touchdown guy. So I do worry about him, you know, having that like true elite top five upside that some of these, you know, 10 plus touchdowns, uh, touchdown guys bring to the table. Yeah. Uh, A-Rob comes to mind with uh, just as Jace always calls it, like the discount, the discount, mm-hmm. he's the discount. Uh, he's a discount Stefan Diggs, where he's just going to put totally. up those numbers every week. He's going to go out there and he'll put up like 14, 13, 14 a week. You need that. Mm-hmm. You need that in your lineup. 
you, mm-hmm. you took a risk on some other players in the draft, go out and get a Rob, get that consistency in your lineup. Uh, when I think about a Rob, I think about my high school baseball coach who always, uh, he would have a big F I O in the dugout and the, you know, F period, I period O. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it stood for figure it out. Mm-hmm. That, that was his whole yep. concept is like, Oh, you're not playing well, figure it out and do better. That mm-hmm. is all he has ever done in his entire career. He has had the most dog wiener, gross <laughs> offensive line play, the dog wiener, gross quarterbacks throwing him the ball. And all he's done is figure it out over his career. So he's another one of those guys where if you're targeting in that late second, early third round uh, mm-hmm. in your 12 team leagues, man, just think about grabbing him as your wide receiver one and you won't be upset. Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a floor play just kind of because of what we said, but, you know, one little quick little thing, if Justin Fields steps in and is like this true, you know, quarterback sent down from God, like uh, 2015, Allen Robinson put up a 1400 yard, uh, 1400 yard season with 80 catches and 14 touchdowns. So that's his upside. He can reach that. So, you know, it's all going to be on the back of fields though. And if he can step up to the plate. Absolutely. All right, moving forward, I'm going to let Jace kick this one off. This is one of his champions for this year. We're coming down. We got 11 and 12 left. So for mm-hmm. our number 11 wide receiver, we have Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin. I absolutely Terry. love Terry McLaurin going into this season. Um, you know, I feel like if you listen to Dynasty or just any kind of fantasy football podcast, you've heard the arguments. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to be the most fantasy-friendly quarterback he's ever played with. And um, over his two years in the NFL, you know, he's gotten, uh, yeah, he's gotten better every year. He went from 58 catches to 87 catches, um, 919 yards to 1,116. He did, you know, he went from seven touchdowns to four touchdowns, but, you know, you got to bake in the quarterbacks that were there. And I do believe he was banged up with some ankle sprains um, throughout uh, part of the season. And I have full analysis on Terry McLaurin um, comparing him to uh, Devontae Parker, uh, with Devontae Parker's time with Fitzmagic in uh, Miami, because I, I think we all remember <laughs> Fitzmagic being like a number three fantasy quarterback and Devontae mm-hmm. Parker being a, a top, like I think he was like the number one wide receiver for a handful of weeks in a row. So, you know, Fitzmagic can truly unlock a wide receiver, and I just can't help but to believe in Terry McLaurin, his separation, his speed, the way he catches the ball, what he can do once he gets the ball in his hands. So I think. I mean, the sky really is the limit with him, but at the same time, Fitz magic and his age and his contract and sometimes his inability to keep a starting job. I do think that lowers him down a little bit because the quarterback, you know, outlook in Washington, it looks good for a year, um, you know, especially from a fantasy football perspective, but I, I don't know what they're going to do after Fitz magic leaves. I don't know if Heineke is the answer. So um, I, I do worry about him you know, kind of pulling an Allen Robinson and just struggling with quarterbacks, you know, his entire career until Washington can find like a true uh, franchise quarterback that they can lock in for multiple years. I heard a rumor about the quarterback situation for them for next year. What is this rumor? It starts with Deshaun and ends with Watson. It does not. I think, I think it's one better. It starts, oh. with, starts with Aaron and ends with Rogers. Yes, it does. Oh my God. If that happened, I'm sorry. All analysis out of the window. Terry McLaurin would be my 
far and away number one wide receiver yeah. in all formats. Like that would be the true unlocking of Terry McLaurin. If you can't get your hands on Terry stock now, like the guy wants to hold on to him or whatever, for some reason, when he's towards the end of the year or, you know, at some point where he's a little bit lower, pick him up. Cause you never know that Roger sweepstake is sweepstakes is going to hit us a lot sooner than we think. Mm-hmm. And really we know, true. Unless they win the Super Bowl this year, he's out of there. So, yeah, he's out of there. And Washington is literally one quarterback away from winning a Super Bowl, I think. Their division's a piece of cake. Their defense is legit. And they have the offensive weapons between Gibson, McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Logan Thomas stepping up last year. I mean, that offensive line got better. I really think if they added Rodgers somehow or Watson or any really quarterback is going to be better than Matt Stafford or. Not Matt Stafford. I wish they got Matt Stafford. But <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think that they could take it to the next level, and I think Terry McLaurin would go with DK Metcalf. They'd go through the moon together. So, Yeah, absolutely. I just want to throw a little blurb out for my analysis. I just pulled it up really quick. So I kind of picked, handpicked some stats um, over 2019 and 2020 for when Devontae Parker and Ryan Fitzpatrick were both playing a significant amount of snaps together. And if you average – um, those paces that I put together over 2019 and 2020, Devontae Parker's stat line would look like this 143.99 targets, uh, 95.2 receptions, and then 1,420 uh, yards with 9.83 touchdowns. So that's Devontae Parker. And, you know, all respect to Devontae Parker, great professional NFL player, you know does his job well, but this is Terry McLaurin. We're talking about heading into year three and just a few years ago, you know, year three was the breakout point. Now it's closer to two years because of what these guys are doing in college. But, you know, I think he's got complete upside to be at, you know, around 150 targets, hundred catches and close to 10 touchdowns. So I, I just think for this year, his value is just going to skyrocket with uh, Fitzmagic. Yeah. So that's that's going to be our analysis on Terry. I can't add any more than Jason Max did. I think he's going to be a good value in your drafts, uh, and he does have that. He has the boom potential. He's not he's not a floor play. He's a ceiling play this year. He really is, but he can really pump those numbers up if he gets the right kind of year from Fitzmagic. Moving forward, this is our last one. I know everybody's really sad out there. Number twelve. Uh, we are going to have Chris Godwin, who I am. He's my champion. I am in love with Chris Godwin. Not like that, but I think he's an absolutely incredible value in everybody's drafts. He's sneaking into the fourth and fifth rounds in some drafts. He is 25 years old. He is tied to Tom Brady for this year, and he has already got that franchise tag. Moving forward, he is going to have that uh, free agency option to go and find a better team if he's not going to end up staying with the bucks and just remember everybody i think we're two years removed so this past year the year before he finishes the wide receiver two in all of fantasy football right let me just double check that stat because that's a big stat i'm throwing out there you are you are correct and he had a game-breaking year that year but i mean i just want to i don't know do a little quiz for the listeners out there uh peter where did chris godwin go to college he went to the school of hard knocks. Oh, he didn't go to college and made us the NFL. I'm he pretty sure. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> Shout out PZ. He went to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> hey man, nothing wrong with school of hard knocks sometimes, but um, Chris Godwin went to, we are Penn state. Um, 
and dominated there, I believe. Oh, so. Yeah, that is correct, Amundo. Yeah, him, Nicholas, Jamal, Charles. I know them all, but uh, can, can anyone tell me where Devontae Adams went to college? I couldn't tell you at all. Um, Peter? Uh, some no-name school, probably. He went with their car, and they went to Fresno State together, I believe. So. Oh, interesting. They're reuniting next year. But regardless of colleges, Peter, <laughs> kick us off here for Mr. Chris Godwin. I already gave my argument. Mm, that wasn't, that was just that he's tied to Tom Brady. He's going to be a free agent. Like what? I just like to me personally, Peter, I just don't get like there's Mike Evans. I think Antonio Brown later is a better value in redraft. And I get we're talking dynasty here, but they have all those running backs. You have OJ Howard, Cameron Bray, Rob Gronkowski, Mike Evans, all that. Why, why Chris Godwin? It's his draft position, man. I'm going to look up his his ADP in the leagues that I've gotten him. But in a lot of these dynasty leagues, he is falling mad hard for no reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Let me look it up right here. Uh, give me one second. Technical difficulties. Mm-hmm. No, you're good. Eh. If I had to guess, in a single quarterback league, he'd probably be around that 40 to 45 range. Yeah. So, yeah, he's in like that 40 to 45 range for wide receiver. He is going to – he's 25 years old, 6'1", 210. You want to talk about measurables. Okay, he's got three inches below DK, but he's got a really big build. And Mike Michael Thomas is going to be that reception kind of guy, end zone threat. But Godwin's going to be the shred you over the middle guy for yards and yards and yards. And he's also a possession kind of guy too, which is nice. He did give up his number to Tom Brady, which, you know, to me, Good selfless guy. team player. Good guy. Good guy. Tom's going to reward himself for this year. Chris Godwin, right before the moon. Yeah, with Chris Godwin, I just – I think he's a decent player if you're like a contender right now. I just kind of think he's – you know, I think he's such a ceiling play because there are three mouths to feed, if not more, if you want to add the tight ends there. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be just a weekly battle uh, heading into this season, whether Antonio Brown's going to be the number one on a weekly basis if, basis if it's going to be mike evans if it's going to be chris godwin and i just don't know how well these guys are going to coexist um, but at the same time brady is going to be airing the ball out a ton so um and it's his second year in an arians offense that is always loved to throw so i i just think he's going to be more of a ceiling play but um i kind of view him more as just like a, a 2022 and beyond kind of target for where most of his value is going to be i think what'll be his best case scenario is if he can uh, leave Tampa next year and then go find a place where he can really assert himself as like a true one in an offense with a couple other twos, because Mike Evans is a perennial one. You know, I think he's had an a thousand yard uh, receiving season um, every year he's been in the league and Antonio Brown, we talked about him um, and his accolades. So, you know, I just think he's really going to have to find himself in a situation where he can be a true alpha and not share uh, his too much of his target share. Yeah, he's a great number two to have on your team as well. A lot of these fantasy owners don't value him as high uh, because he is in such a muddled uh, offense with nobody really knowing who the number one is 100% mm-hmm. certain going to be any given week. And I in any of my leagues, I haven't really paid much for him. So go out Mm -hmm. and ask the guy how much he values him uh, moving forward. And I honestly think Godwin can light it up. He can put up a huge season and he's going to put up those huge chunk games, but he will have those dud games. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's just a fact of life. 
Yep, he will both win you weeks and lose you weeks. And I feel like it'll be split right down the middle, whereas most of the guys that we talked about before him that we've kind of talked about a little more boom bust, worried about their consistency, kind of like DK Metcalf. More weeks than not, DK is going to win you a week. I, th- I just kind of struggle with Chris Godwin, you know, being an every week, week winner for you. So I don't know. I believe his cap sides or his cap side, his upside's a little bit capped just based on his, you know, where he's at uh, with the Buccaneers. Yeah. All right, Max, anything before we're done with the list? Any last yeah. words? We are Penn State. Actually, there is a last word before we uh, before we get into the quote and wrap the show up. I made a trade while on the show, actually. Oh wow! Um, always always wheeling and dealing, but um, I wanted to get your guys' opinion on it, get the listeners' opinion. It was not in our uh, Mike Vrabel league, but it was in a different league, a super flex league, mm. and I traded Kyle Pitts, a first rounder and a third rounder, for George Kittle and two second rounders. Mm. Um, it's it's definitely a move. I'm not trying to win this year, more next year and the year after. Um, but I think George Kittle at 27 tied to Trey Lance. I really I have Trey Lance as well in a Superflex league, so I wanted that stack. And I'm kind of mm. I, lo- I love Pitts. I really do, and his measurables are off the charts. But Kittle's my guy, so I went out and got him. Personally, I I really like that deal for you. I mean, I I value Kittle quite a bit higher than Pitts. Just um, from a dynasty perspective and pretty much any perspective, you know, I think the hype is at an all time high for Kyle Pitts, especially after people watch him catch like that 40 yard little out route or whatever it was like, I Twitter went crazy right after that. So big um, actually, out I, and took him at like the third round turn. So <laughs> that's what I was going to say. He went crazy earlier while we were drafting because that catch happened like in the middle of the draft. And, you know, I think you just capitalized because, you know, I'm not making a direct comparison to uh, Kelsey, but Kelsey's been, a, you know, the number one tight end for five straight years and the dude's 32. So um, starting at age 27, that's when he hit his prime as a tight end. So, you know, we've talked about it before in earlier podcasts, if Kittle can stay on the field, like he has true, you know, tight end one potential just as much as Kelsey does. So, um, you know, I think that's a great trade for you. I'm, I'm a little nervous to see you like, how much Kyle Pitts or Kyle Pitts can actually produce um, with all this hype surrounding him. Yeah. I think the trade's a good deal for your team context. Pitts is going to be really good, but his value is just too high to hold on to him now. Even if he does like reach like a top five tight end season this year, Mm -hmm. I just feel like you can get so much more out of him, And I, I think he did a really good job. Yeah, and I, I, it wasn't even my own first, so I still have my own first for next year and if oh, I can nice. this year, so I don't know. That's going to wrap up the show, guys. We have finished our top 12 Dynasty wide receivers. Everybody's going to be waiting with bated breath next week for the real wide receivers that matter in your league, that 13 mm-hmm. to 24 range. That's mm-hmm. where that's where you win your weeks. That's where you win your leagues in those 13 to 24 ranges, man. Mm-hmm. So. Again, that's going to do it for our show. But before we completely wrap up, uh, I wanted to first do a shout out before the quote. It's my week to do a quote. Uh, But I wanted to shout out username is guest on Reddit. He has been so supportive of the show the last uh, month that we've been out now. Congrats. uh, One month anniversary. Yeah, for sure. But no, he's been so supportive and, and so kind, always talking to me about spreading the podcast to his buddies, giving feedback for what we got to do. Uh, and I just wanted to shout him out because 
he is such a great guy and always gets back to me on Reddit. Always tells me that he listens, tells me that he enjoys the pod. So shout out. Yeah, uh, definitely shout out, man. And, and, and then, dude, if he wants to ever come on the show or loves Dynasty football, we are yeah. really, we're looking for guests. So if you want to come on the show, DM us, whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shoot me, shoot me a PM on Reddit or or whatever. Follow us on Twitter. Shoot me a PM over there. Uh, we can get you on the show 100. Mm-hmm. percent uh, With that being said, we're gonna wrap it up with my quote. Uh, I have been on a Game of Thrones kick. I'm sorry, everybody. I know <laughs> everybody didn't like the way that it ended, but I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan, and I've been rewatching with my grandparents, and they're loving it too. But this quote always sticks out for me anytime I rewatch, and it's from Lord Peter Baelish, or the Little Finger. He is a like conniving Machiavellian kind of guy, always about trying to be better and better his position. He's not the nice guy, which sometimes you have to be in fantasy football, especially in mm-hmm. Dynasty. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says, "Chaos, chaos is not a pit." It's a ladder, right? So when you're looking at all these wide receivers, wide receiver is such a volatile position, whether they're going to score 30 or whether they're going to score eight, right? And a lot mm-hmm. of these guys in your leagues, you look right in their eyes and you know, you know, just like the Joker said, you know the squealers when you see them, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know these guys, you know these guys, they're going to panic sell when a mm-hmm. wide receiver has two bad weeks. Mm-hmm. When that wide receiver is in his chaos, it's not a pit. It's a ladder. It's a chance for you to get a player at such a great value. And especially a lot of these guys, they just cannot stay consistent for the life of them. Go out and grab that wide receiver that you can stamp your name on and it's going to better your team. That's right. Yep. Always buying the dips. You know, that is definitely the biggest key um, to dynasty football because it's so long term. Whenever you can buy a dip on a player that is guaranteed to, you know, help you win some weeks, you got to go out there and pursue it. Um, you got, you got to go all for it because, you know, sometimes those windows close up really quick. Um, so yeah, you always want to be shooting your shot. No, absolutely. Right. One more thing before we wrap up here, Peter, like you guys said, I mean, it, injuries happen in the NFL and if a player gets hurt and you love that player, like you got to go out and buy that player and just try for next year. I got a dog barking right now. I'm house sitting, but he wants to buy the player. I, I'm going to wrap he's, it up. From he's my... saying, yeah. He's saying, yeah, you better. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Go buy J.K. Dobbins right now, like, uh, right. like I'm trying to do. All right, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Follow us on Twitter, at Dynasty Monarchy. Follow us on Apple Pod. Follow us on Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's through you know vinyl records or on <laughs> yeah, Apple yeah. Pod or wherever wherever you can listen to us. <laughs> Just give us a follow. Give us a, give us a shout out on Twitter. Send us a review. It really helps us out. Mm -hmm. And thanks for listening, guys. We love you all. Yeah, peace. Take it easy. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time, farewell, my fellow kings and queens.